Good morning, everybody. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show. My name is Chris Corvo with Midtown Title, and I'm filling in for the Money Man Mike himself, and he's getting some much-needed rest and relaxation. So, Mike, I hope you're having a great time with your family, and we will see you sometime next week. It's a beautiful Saturday morning here in Nashville, Tennessee. And we'd like to welcome our astute guest with us today. We have the community builder, the man with all the capital ideas, <laughs> Mr. David Lukey. Did he say astute? Holy he, cow. He Mike never what? uses those words, does he? Holy cow. Dude, I was on my thesaurus all weekend digging up all these big words. <laughs> you, you got to dumb it down just a little bit now. I'm Come feeling, on. I'm feeling quite erudite today. Yes, oh yes. Oh, my God. I'm the idiot then because I have no big words. Yeah, don't make me look these up. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm a person for the people. I, I speak the working man. Like I like I don't language. I don't know any big words. I'm the person oh, for the people. Well, you haven't heard my introduction for her yet, so we're gonna. <laughs> all, all your words are big words <laughs> if you drag them out long oh, enough. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Lukey, how are you this morning, sir? I'm doing great. How you doing, He's buddy? having a good time over here, so so glad you can join us this morning. What? We also have the queen of East Nashville, the, the realtor, I, only realtor I know who carries a contract in her purse, ready <laughs> to sign that offer for our listeners who call in any moment right now. She's got the contract ready. I do. Your Nashville realtor, Andrew Brewer. Thank you. Thank you. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Good morning, go. Nashville. <laughs> so glad I didn't have to prompt you to do that. <laughs> do the noise. Make the Make fart. the noise. I can't reach your leg under the table to kick it, so I was so glad you hopped in and do that. Um, you do know, like, Real Estate 101 is to carry a contract with you, especially back in the day. And one of my first deals I ever had, like, 12 years ago, this guy called me. I showed him one house. He wrote an offer, which was very exciting when you sell, like, nothing <laughs> when you yes. first begin i was like oh my god this guy he wants to buy something then he's like um do you have a contract and i was like oh and i literally had to drive home this was before you oh, sent no. everything i literally drove home and printed off a contractor to my office or whatever and drove back to meet him while he sat at the house and waited see this guy created a valuable lesson for her you right did. out the gate and she remembers it to this day yeah make sure you, you always have a contract so you carry a paper contract with you right yeah always because you know nowadays with electric Electronic world, you can do everything electronically, but there's still some old school going on in our business. Well, and there's some old school realtors that still are like, let me send you this fax. (laughs) (laughs) What? Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, people still fax. I ain't going to lie. I love the digital age because I saw my home a couple of years ago and it was down in Georgia. And I didn't have to go down there. I knew I was going to have to go down there. They're like, no, 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 we can do it remotely. I'm like, you can? Okay. So now, if there's anybody from Georgia, or loves Georgia, listening to us, I, please make sure and send your emails to, to Jimmy because he's the one that said he would rather sit at home than have to drive down to Georgia to sell a house. <laughs> send your hate mail to him. No, it's nothing about hating Georgia. I like Georgia, but when it's you live 350 miles away and it would take pretty much two days off from work to go do it. I don't know what he said, but I heard him say for sure. When I, I don't can care do how it. much he paid for that house, I was not driving down to Georgia to sell it. Oh, let's talk about how much I lost on the house. I couldn't afford to drive down there. That's a show that comes on tomorrow. Yeah. We're not going to, we won't cover that. We've exactly. all heard that story. <laughs> David's just trying to dig a hole for me, and I'm just telling you, that ain't, ain't the way it is. That's true. I'm being facetious. No, we're glad you sold your home and you're up here uh, spending time with us itself. And uh, we got a great show for you planned today, guys. Uh, looks like we got a couple things we're going to talk about. Ten steps to buying a home. 
Used to be three, I think, but it looks like we've went to ten at this point in time. So we're going to jump in, figure out what it is you can do to help make your home buying process a little bit better. we got two of the best in the business sitting in front of me right here that are going to be able to help talk about that. Also got five things not to do during the closing process. Mm-hmm. Andra, David, you ever have anybody just do something really dumb that caused a deal to go bad? Yes. Yes. I can't wait to hear some of these stories. So you guys be thinking about that. I want to hear just some of the dumb stuff people have done without knowing that uh, to do that. Also have some first-time home buyer um, FAQs, facts, uh, questions, answers. Always like to cover first-time home buyers. Uh, there's a lot of bad material on the internet out there, and uh, hopefully we can provide some to you guys. Uh, wait, that's a everything little more on Everything on the internet's not true? Um, it Used to be, but it stopped being that way just a little bit ago. Oh, okay. So uh, all the news is real, though. Oh. <laughs> so uh, we got tips for a timely closing. I can attest to that, that uh, definitely there's some realtors and people in this world that need to uh, get this form. And then what happens after you buy the house? We always talk about getting ready to buy the house, but... Jeepers, what happens afterwards? We've had great <laughs> tips before from David about how to maintain the house. Jeepers. <laughs> Did I say Jeepers? Jeepers. 1950s. <laughs> So, wow. hey, this is my show today. Money Man Mike is not here. David, are you giving the words he wants? David, are you giving him the business? I am about to give him the business. Jeepers, holy mackerel! <laughs> I sound like Bobby Bowden in here. You know, uh, I'm getting ready to uh, get Look a goddamn jughead show up. Jeepers, Jeepers, creeper. So, golly gee, beef. Uh, Yes, uh, my favorite show of all time, Leave It to uh, Beaver. So so anyways, yes, got me off track here, but that's okay. I love those words, and hopefully you do too, people. So uh, can't wait to get going. First of all, I want to say, David, Capital Homes, great home builder, building communities all over Nashville. Uh, Give us a few uh, minutes here. What's going on good with Capital Homes? What you guys got going on that's new and exciting right now? Well, the developer for Delvin Downs Estates, where we're building most of our homes right now, uh, has just broken ground on the next section. Nice. Oh, it's really great. So he's planning on uh, getting the next section of home sites in the next section of lots, I should say 12, in sometime in December. So we'll probably start thinking about taking contracts sometime in November, October, November, something like that. We're not ready to start pre-selling them yet, but we do still have a few homes left in the current section. And then also I picked up these three absolutely magnificent home sites out over in Hermitage, right off of uh, New Hope Road. That area is exploding out there between Mount Juliet and Hermitage. Well, there's this road that's going to connect New Hope Road to Tulip Grove Road. It's called Myra Drive. Okay. And these three homes back up to, it looks like a postcard the creek that runs behind these homes. It, it, it is amazing. They don't require flood insurance. And the, it's just... That's a plus. It's Very. incredible. I would get flood insurance just because, but this creek is fantastically gorgeous. And if you don't have to, if you, if you don't have to get flood insurance and you get flood insurance, it's actually pretty cheap. So you guys started building on these lots already? We're, we're going to be starting construction full bore sometime in September. So if somebody was interested in Hermitage and was looking in that area and this heard that you have three brand new homes coming online, yeah. they would be able to find these where? Well, they would want to go to capitalhomeideas.com and then shoot me an email. Just go for request more information and shoot me an email. And I'll, I don't have it priced up yet, but we can certainly start talking about what we're doing. That was my next question. What were the starting prices? Yeah, it's going to be somewhere between, let's say, 390 and 450 
Okay. Well, when we come back, we're going to jump in with Andrew to find out what's new going on in East Nashville, around Nashville, just some exciting things that's going on in her life and world. Also, we got to circle back up. Got 10 steps to buying a home. No longer three. It's 10, believe it or not. Five things not to do during the closing process. We got some first time home buyers, FAQs, tips for a timely closing. And golly geez, what happens after the closing itself? So, uh, <laughs> looking forward to getting back off break. I'll see you guys. This is the Money Man Mike Show here on WALC 1510. Good morning, everybody. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show on WALAC. W-L-A-C-L-A-C. He's a guest host. Cut him a break. Um, this is Chris Corvo with Midtown Title, and I am filling in for Money Man Mike, who is probably on the beach somewhere right now having one of those little drinks with an umbrella in it. Um, yeah, he sent a photo of his cooler with Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies and couple drinks. <laughs> well, we're super jealous, but we're yeah. holding the fort down for him, even though I can't even say the name of the station that I've been coming to for several years now. So, uh, well, okay. when we, Not well, to mention the fact it's on the wall several times. Oh, it's in my face with the microphone, but uh, saying it and reading it are two completely different things. So, If you've ever <laughs> sat in this chair, you'll know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, well, when we finished the last break, we were cutting in. We listened to what David Lukey had to say. Some exciting stuff going on in Hermitage that they have right now, breaking ground in a new section in Delvin Downs. If you guys, if you've not seen Capital Homes product, I urge you to go to his website, capitalhomesideas.com. Uh, David's been building in the Nashville area for longer than I can remember. So, uh, but Andra, you're not that yes. young. Uh, Who are you kidding? You're not it's that been young. about, it's, it's been I always years. gauge that, my relationship with David off my son because son my son age. was about two weeks old when I met David and he's 16. So 16 years. So, uh, there you go. There you go. But Andra, you are, you have your thumb on everything that goes on in East Nashville. You're kind of like the queen of East Nashville and, uh, but all over Nashville, I know you service middle Tennessee area. So, uh, tell us what's going on good right now in the real estate market, whether it's in East Nashville or just Nashville period, you got any listings, uh, what, what, what are, what are buyers and sellers seeing now? there right now Ooh, it's competitive which we all know that for sure um i like how you give me credit to know everything going on in east nashville because there's so much going on it's really hard to keep up it these days really wild, um back in the day you'd be like oh there's a new restaurant let's go check it out now there's like 30 in just east nashville instead of all of nashville wow. um yes there's a lot going on lots of new builds um teardowns rebuilds flips a lot of that's happening. Um, I'd say anything under the 300 mark is selling really quickly, whether it is in East Nashville proper, Inglewood, or Cleveland Park, if it's priced right. Um, and then a lot of those newer builds that, you know, where they're knocking down one house and building two, we do have a few of those sitting on the market a little longer than the average day on market. What price range is starting to slow down there? Three fifty to 450 What's weird is like up above that, more of the, you know... 500,000 and up, a lot of those are selling pretty quick. I mean, but well, they're, they're huge too. Yeah, they're I mean, bigger huge. and they're in the really, you know, creme de la creme of the neighborhood where everybody yeah. wants to be. And I mean, people have money. It's just, yeah. you know, and if you find what you want, somebody will take it. But there is a little bit of a slowdown in that about 350 to 450 mark. And a lot of that's new builds that are just kind of sitting there. Now, the thing I've noticed, and you tell me if I'm wrong, is that area between Ellington Parkway and 65 mm-hmm. kind of used to not go so well 
Right. But now that's really turned the corner, hasn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely turned a corner. There's um, the whole Cleveland Park area, which is between Gallatin and Dickerson, has really taken off in the last few years. Lots going on over there, lots of change. And there's a lot of property, big projects slated to happen from downtown right at that Dickerson Road point and Cowan Street right there on the tip of Germantown, mm-hmm. which is kind of causing everything to flow out down Dickerson. And it's Top really golf. starting to boom. Yeah. Um, and then the Trinity area, which is what you're talking about right there by 65, yes. there's so much stuff about to start happening there. Yeah. And a lot of it's up on hills where there's some amazing views. I have a friend who personally owns a couple lots there that he bought for practically nothing. I could just, mm. you know, slap myself for not jumping on that bandwagon, but um, that he's selling for a mint for somebody to develop. But um, yeah, there's a lot of that going on over there. So I think in the next couple of years, you're going to see a huge boom in that that trinity area that corridor it's beautiful over there it really is nice so if you're interested in finding more out about east nashville or just homes in the nashville area period i would urge you to reach out to andrew andrew how would somebody get in touch with you if they were interested in learning more about that area those areas just check out my website which is east nashvilleagent.com that sounds good and what's that one more time east nashvilleagent.com queen of east nashville that just confirms it right there. There you go. Okay, guys, moving on here. So uh, there used to be only three steps to buying a home. Looks like those have went to 10 steps at this point in time. Doesn't surprise anybody. There's a lot more to do when you're buying the house. And so what we want to do is just kind of prepare you. If you're going out to buy a house, these are 10 things you can do that's going to help you be a little more prepared to do that. Obviously, you have to work with professionals in our area who are going to be able to guide you. But these are just things you can do along the way to help get started there. Uh, so I'll start with number one. So the first thing to do is just determine your readiness. Um, you know, if you're listening to the show or even listening to this segment right here, maybe you're ready to take that first step to try to find out, are you ready to buy a house? Because I am a firm believer that owning a house is not for everybody. So I do think that there's a, that there's a time to buy a house and a time not to buy a house. So whether you're purchasing a good option for your financing or your family, um, it's just determining whether or not you are completely ready to make that uh, decision to buy a house. Uh, have you guys ever come across people who just aren't really sure about about that yet? Oh, yeah. That's kind of the phone call I get of, hey, uh, I kind of think I may want to buy a house. Well, I, I don't, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> that's a phone call I get. Well, it's interesting. Which would be number one the, of, on your yeah. list. And yeah. then the, leading the, into number two, which is, to, you know, figure out if you're an optimal mortgage candidate, which I is what the first thing I tell people hey, you're thinking of buying a house. What you need to do is call a lender and see if you can qualify and make sure that, you know, the numbers work for you. Everything's laid out for you to move forward with that home purchase plan. Well, last week we talked with Mike at length about the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qualification. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're going to step up and be Mike here for just a few minutes about doing that. So, you know, if you somebody called you and said, hey, I'm looking to buy a house or David, I'm mm-hmm. interested in buying one of your houses. Um, and so you tell them, hey, you, go see Mike. Uh, go If you have a lender, go talk to your lender. And what are you guys looking for for them to get from that lender? I'm looking for them to verify their credit is what they think it is and that they can get a pre-approval or actual approval would be ideal. <laughs> you know, for me, for me, Chris, it's a little different because if somebody came in tomorrow and said, I want to buy a house from Capital Homes and they wrote up a sales agreement and then they went and they got a pre-approved the day after they wrote their contract, I, I wouldn't care. Why? Why wouldn't as a home builder would not care? Well, it's going to take you a while to build, build a house. house too. <laughs> I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. You know, I got some paper with some some ink on it. And that's all. So, I, I try to tell people that all the time. You know, that is one of the benefit of a new home, but it's one of the things that you really need to be cognizant of. If you're buying 
a resale, mm-hmm. the person who's selling it has one house to sell. Be fair and straight with them. You're buying a new home. I've got, well, I've got 12 in the next section. And so if you tie up one for two days while you try to figure out your loan, I don't, it doesn't really bother me. Right. So this is what I love here because yeah. it's two different ends of the spectrum oh, that's going on right here. Yeah. Because in Andrew's case, in such a hot market, you have to be ready to jump. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you blink or sneeze, it's over with. Whereas opposed to David, you know, uh, yeah. you've, you've got a little bit more time on your hand to do it. Obviously, you love when people are completely ready to go. Sure. But if not, you can actually help guide them to that point mm-hmm. as well to do, to do that. So uh, well, it's but, interesting. I'm looking at your list and you've got, you know, get get pre-approved and then you determine your budget and then find a realtor. You know, I, I got to be straight relative to this list. I think that ought to be number one. I yes. think even before you try to decide if you're ready you ought to call Andrew. Well, because honestly, a lot of people, if they have went forward with a pre-approval, a lot of times they've gotten a very generic one. Or, I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. putting any company down, but I always like people to usually call two people to get, a, you know, because certain people's jobs have specific loan programs and you want to make sure they're using somebody who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Do you so, get people to interview you? Do I, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So it wouldn't be out of the question if somebody called you up and say, hey, Andrew, I'd like to interview for my for my realtor, and mm-hmm. maybe they like you, maybe they don't. Right, yes. If you had someone who was looking to buy a home mm-hmm. and was trying to decide which realtor they were going to use, mm-hmm. how much of your time would you give them without even questioning it? Oh, usually I either meet them and show them a couple houses just to kind of get a feel for them. I mean, because I'm kind of interviewing them, too. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some people I'll meet just have, you know, 20, 30-minute conversation and explain how things work. So if, and if, just So if somebody called you up and said, hey, I want to just talk to you for 20 yeah, minutes. Absolutely. About nothing in general, and you may never show me a house. Yep. You would give that time up, no problem. Absolutely. Okay. That's what I think I would advise people to do. Let's do that. Call up and interview the realtor at that point yeah. in time and just get an idea. I mean, it may, may be a personality conflict where you don't like the person or uh, no different than just have, having making friends. So, well, guys, it's time already. We're done with segment number two. It goes by fast when you're having a good time. So we'll circle back up on the next segment, get over these last couple items about steps to buying a house. And what not to do. And then we're going to cover what not to do uh, when you're buying that house. So we're going to get you guys started from the beginning, get you all the way to the end. You're listening to The Money Man Mike Show on 1510 WLAC. Good morning, Nashville. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show on 1510 WLAC. My name is Chris Corvo. I own Midtown Title, and I am filling in for Money Man Mike, who is lounging it up for some welcome, rest, and relaxation with his family. So, Mike, hope you're having a great time, buddy. We miss you, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Well, before the break, I'm with David Lukey with Capital Homes, and I'm also with Andrew Brewer with Benchmark Realty. And before the break, we were talking about the 10 steps that it takes to buy the home. No longer are there three. There's a total of 10 now. So uh, we're going to quickly run through the rest of these. What we had was, number one, was determining home readiness. Was David thought the number one would be to find your agent, uh, becoming an optimal mortgage client, getting pre-approved, and determining your budget. So what we have on number six is selecting the property. It's pretty easy. Get with your realtor. Go find a piece of property. Go ahead and buy that. You want to make your offer after you buy the property. Make your offer. Get your deal. That's what you're paying your realtor for. That's what you're working with the builder for to do that. Do inspections on the property. Got to make sure the house is worth the money you're paying for it, that there's no problems that you're inheriting. Also got to sign a purchase contract. 
Then you're ready to go to closing, which is the best part of it right there. That's when you would come see me at Midtown Title. You'll get to listen to my little spiel about what the documents say, what they do, make sure everything's true and correct, and I'll get you squared away. Sign uh, your name a whole bunch of times. Sign your name a whole bunch of times. <laughs> shake my hand, and I'll hand you some keys. So, uh, you know, it's funny. Just kind of looking at this list real quick, one of the things that is different in Tennessee than some other states, like New York does it a little different, right? But when you make your offer, you're actually making your purchase agreement. Yes. In the state of Tennessee. You're, yes. In other words, you're, you're signing your, your – if once you sign that offer, if they accept it as is with no adjustments, you have signed your purchase, purchase agreement. And back when – So wait. What's the difference? Well, well on some, some – Go ahead, yeah, David. I'm so sorry. I was going to say in some states, New York in particular, you make an offer on a piece of property and you kind of sign like an offer sheet or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like a letter of intent. And then you when you – they call it going into escrow – which is different than what you would think here, Mm -hmm. that's when the two lawyers fight it out and they write a specific contract. I don't know why they do it that way, and then they close after escrow. It's really kind of – did I say that right? California is that way too. So here, title and escrow, which all the title work and all the escrow work is done at the same place. That's what I do. I do both. But in California or New York, the title portion of the closing is different than the escrow portion of the closing. So And and they're not the same company. And so you have one company that's battling the title out. You have the escrow portion where they're battling out the terms and conditions of the money, the contract, the offers and mm-hmm. stuff. And then they have to work hand in hand with the title company to do that. So there's an extra step so much that goes on. But here we do both. And uh, so it's one-stop shopping at that point in time. But, and, it, uh, but it was just interesting to kind of see how they've got that list broken out on this this thing that you, you've brought with us today. The home inspection is something really interesting, too, because I would say only about a third of the people that buy a new home – Get a home inspection. You know what they say at the table. No, you know I what they say, say at closing. What's that? Well, it's a brand new house. I don't have to inspect it. Yeah. Oh uh, well, you're talking about our new construction. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying on new I would still recommend anybody, everybody, get a home inspection. I always recommend it. Yeah, but we're, yeah, I would trust me. I agree, but people don't on yeah. the new houses. What do you think, David? Well, I, you know, you I, said what percentage you thought did about a third. Really? Yeah, hmm. I would say it could go either way. The thing that I've seen actually that I like a little better for the consumer. Because I have a one-year warranty, right? and I don't really care when they hit me with, hey, this is outside of the NA, you know, the National Home Builder Standards. I actually like when they get that inspection about after living in the house for 11 months. I've had some people do that recently, where they got yeah. the home inspection after they lived in it on a new home, not on a used home. Right, you, you know, resale, you got to get everything resolved so before you close. is that pre-written into the agreement? Before no, closing? Well, because you offer the one-year warranty. Yeah, regardless. I offer a one-year warranty. I'm, I have bound myself to anything that's National Home Builder Association well, standards or warranty like standards anyway. a better way to pay somebody to come do your punch list. Yeah. After it's, things have settled and you've moved and whatever didn't work, you figure so, it out. I kind of like that. Now, I, I think part of it is, though, as a builder, we are really good at trying to make sure the house is 100% yeah, yeah. done. Every company's not as good as it. I, I think if it was a smaller builder, I might want to get that home inspection before I closed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I For our buyers, I like them when they wait till the end of the year because then they know at the end of the year that the house is really great and it's done. And the other thing that I reason I like when people get home inspections is because I hate to tell you about 80% of the time the home inspectors Wait till the, they none of us are around, and they tell the buyer, "This is one of the best new homes I've ever seen." Yeah, 
<laughs> well, obviously, yeah. all we do is closings, and we hear all kinds of stories. Some of them are good. Some of them are really bad when it comes to yeah. either inspections or even builders following up and fixing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, you and I have worked together a super, super long time. Andrew, you and I have worked together the last few years on closings, and I know we don't have issues with your clients with that. But I have worked with builders where they just won't come out and finish stuff. Well, There's punch items that they won't come out and fix. Um, I know that several of the attorneys in our office have litigated matters on this to do this. And so, yeah, not all of them are created equal. Yeah. Um, David, I think you do a good job with that, which is why you've been in business as long as you have been, Andrew. I think you do a great job um, advising your clients to go out and get the home inspection, even if it is a new house. That's right. Um, because the house does come with a warranty, but you never know. You're still – it's it human nature. Somebody is working on this property yeah. in – who knows? Maybe they have got a phone call and forgot to fasten something down or something. So, uh, so folks, everybody uh, makes a mistake. There they is do the make human mistakes. error factor and everything to do that. So, just don't assume that everything's good. So, all right, folks. Well, let's move on here. We got five things not to do during the closing process. So, we got the ten things to get ready. Now, we got five things to do the not do. Excuse me during the closing process. So, uh, my favorite one is don't change your job. <laughs> <laughs> That happens more than you think. So uh, changing your job. I wish Mike was here to answer this, but changing your job is bad. You can't do it. You guys want to interject and say why? Well, you're talking about you got pay stubs that you got to have to verify. You have to verify that you've been on your job for a certain amount of time. And if you change your jobs. Now, the only time where it sometimes can't be a problem is if you're doing the exact same job for a different company. You're an accountant for company A and you go to be an accountant for company B. Yeah, but you still need usually a pay stub to verify, which means a a few weeks work or whatever. Try not to quit until after you close. Well, I've seen people relocate here and not even start their job yet. And they have to get some sort of verification, like like an employment contract or something that would allow for that to happen. So uh, definitely, if you're thinking about changing jobs, get with your lender, your loan officer, tell them what's going on, and they will tell you the best way to handle that going forward. So please don't do that. Uh, Let's go with the number two here, switching banks or moving your money to other financial institutions or not having your money in the bank. I mean, how many times have we seen that, guys? You got that mattress money, and you need to put it in the bank, and then you put in a giant lump, and of course, the lender's going to ask, where did this come from? And they're going to need verification about it. No bueno. It's going to cause a lot of red tape. Don't do that. Post-Patriot Act. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, paying off existing accounts or debts uh, unless your lender requests that. People would think, you know, right out the gate looking at this, what would be better, right? I, I don't, I, I don't, my loan to value's gotten better and, or my debt to income's gotten better and I don't have the debt anymore, but it is a problem. It can be a problem because they're trying to verify where you got the money from. Right. And so all of a sudden you have a bunch of money show up. It may look like you took a cash advance and then somebody else gave you money off that credit card. Very sad. You know, it just causes more questions than you want to answer by paying off a loan that the lender hasn't asked you to do. You know, I get uh, questions all the time, you know, why at the closing table, why why is a lender always asking for this or that? And, you know, they're trying to check a box, okay? They have to make the loan fit and conform Mm -hmm. with the guidelines. And it's not like Waterstone Mortgage or SunTrust Mortgage has their – you know, they're out being rogue doing stuff. I mean, yeah. there is federal guidelines that these folks have to hit, and they just have to deliver the message and ask for the stuff to be done. Um, and then sometimes the answers they get may lead to more questions. Yes. So yeah. uh, be prepared for that. Uh, I know you probably both have experienced this, this next one, but David, I know you, your clients have. Uh, <laughs> don't make any large purchases before you buy that house. Well, I tell everybody that. Do not go out and buy a bunch of furniture to go into this new house that you're about to close on. Don't go buy a car. And here, yeah, you're. And here's the one that people miss. 
they go over to whatever place. I don't want to say the name of a place, but let's say a name of XYZ Furniture Company, and there's no payments for two years. Oh, yes. Those things are so catchy, you know. I, I don't have any payments. Yes, but it shows up on your credit now. And it's a ding but of that amount against your credit. debt-to-income ratio. Wow. Well, those things, yes, they all affect it. No new cars, no, uh, no large purchases. Don't change your job. Even if it's deferred interest. Yeah. No it's, large purchases. They still go, just have wait to f- till you close and then go do it. Yes. Well, all that stuff factors into your debt to income, which is why that matters to the lenders, because at some point in time, you will have to pay that. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason you can't afford your payment in that, then you no longer qualify for that house, which is a big deal. And we have our number one, but we'll have to come that when we come back in from the break itself. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show. <laughs> David's number, over here feverishly. Number one is don't change your marital status. Don't change your marital status. Well, we were going to come back to that. So that we'll come back to that. We'll wrap that up. And then we got a couple more tips for a timely closing when we come back. You're listening to Money Man Mike's show on 1510 WLAC. Good morning, Nashville. This is Chris Corvo with Midtown Title. You're listening to the Money Man Mike Show on 1510 WLAC. I'm filling in for the Money Man Mike himself, who is uh, taking a little vacation with the family this week, and he has left the uh, uh, the uh, inmates to run the asylum. And uh, so, David Lukey, Andrew Brewer, Chris Corvo here, and uh, the place will probably burn down by the time we're done, but uh, at least we're having fun doing it. <laughs> Okay, guys. Well, before the break, we were talking about five things not to do to ruin your closing process. So uh, I know there's more than five, but that's what we're talking about today. The number one thing was don't change your marital status uh, to do that. And David, you were telling a hilarious story before we got going here. So uh, I actually have two. I'll tell you two funny stories about marital status before closing. One was from a buyer. And the guy, I know we might talk about escrow deposits later, but the guy was supposed to close on a Friday, and on a Thursday he lost his job. So he had two of the five. He lost his job. The reason he lost his job was he got fired for sexually harassing his boss. Now, I've never heard of that before. You get fired sexually harassing your boss. I guess he got so aggressive with her. (laughs) Yeah, you know. So he got so he got fired and obviously then his wife changed his marital status for him pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) So I just I He had a bad week, didn't he? You know, in twenty five years that I've been doing this, that's the only deposit I ever kept. Well, speaking about deposits, we were having an interesting conversation off air about this, too, folks. And, uh, you know, when you go to purchase a house or put an offer on the house, one of the things you have to do is you have to put earnest money on the house, which is a deposit to uh, uh, show a good faith that you're going to move forward with the contract, which is what Andrew would do as your realtor who's buying either a new house or a resale house, right? Mm-hmm, absolutely. But when it comes to uh, when you're buying a brand new house, builders have different processes and procedures for that, right, David? That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so, can you tell me the difference, you know, of, of what you would expect your clients to do if they're, if Andrew brought some buyers to your model home? We actually do both as okay. a builder, okay? So we ask for an escrow deposit on every single agreement. And we actually have them make it out to the title company, which is you. So right. it gets made out to Midtown Title. So on every sales agreement, we ask for an escrow deposit, usually about $1,000 payable to Midtown Title. Now... After that, if we're going to be building a home for somebody or we're under construction and we're making modifications or we're 
completely done and we're making modifications, we're going to ask for 3 to 5% of the total purchase price as a builder deposit. And that gets paid to me, to Capital Homes, and it goes into my operating account and it pays for construction and modifications to that home. So, so there's two deposits that are collected. So if I have a 100% completed home, which I haven't had in, in a few years, to be honest with you, but if I have a 100% completed home, escrow deposit is going to go to the title company. When you close, that'll get credit towards your down payment, towards your purchase price. If I'm building a home, I'm going to ask for 5% of the total purchase price as a builder deposit in addition to the escrow deposit. And both of those will be applied towards your purchase price at closing. That makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So when you have an earnest money deposit down, uh, typically, would you consider that refundable as long as the client did everything contractually they're supposed to do and maybe didn't close? Yeah, it, 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 it's generally refundable it, 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 if somebody acts in good faith. I'm kind of asking Andrew is kind of the same thing here yeah. too from a yeah. realtor standpoint. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you did the home inspection and decided against it um, on a regular part, well, I mm-hmm. guess either, but um. You would get your money back if your financing fell through after you know you in good faith are trying to get a loan. You would get that back. Now, if you just changed your mind two days before closing right, and right, was like, right. I, "I, you know, yeah, I don't the want house to buy is anymore. haunted," no, then yeah, I think that they could. Yeah, but if keep you have a, money. a change of circumstances, mm-hmm. you know, well, that inspection's a big thing right there yeah, too. Yeah. To do that, to do that, get now. The money back. Now, on the builder deposit, generally speaking, I'm going to hold that deposit until I resell the house, and as long as I don't have any losses, I'm going to give it back. So, if somebody wanted to come into uh, one of your awesome houses and say, I love this house, but I need pink cabinets in here. Yeah. And you're going to say, okay, if you want pink cabinets, great. Pink cabinets cost this. This is how much we need your deposit for because they are personalizing this house to something specifically that they want that somebody else may not and want. And the deposit's not going to be relative to the cost to do it. The, the cost is going to be relative to undo it. Gotcha. So if somebody wants pink cabinets, it may not actually cost to do pink cabinets. It may be the same price. But to tear the cabinets out and replace them with the normal espresso color may cost me $10,000. So I may need a $10,000 extra builder deposit, not because the pink cabinets cost more. I may not even charge for the pink cabinets, but because if I have to take it out later... And redo it, that's your cost. That's my cost. I just remember you had a homeowner in Mount Juliet that had pink carpet and pink yes. paint one time, and it was yes. it was uh, bad. So That was a request? Yes. Yes. Oh. It was crash and burn. It was pretty pink. So, uh, but you were talking about closings. Yeah. So here's another story that's that you remember. Do. You were talking about closings, how to mess up your closing, and they say don't change your marital status. And we think we sit here and we thought about purchasers, but you might remember a time when I was re- I was working with a purchaser, and the seller messed up their closing because they changed their marital status. And it was my parents. Do you remember when my parents bought the house down in Fairview? Yes, I do. And the guy at the last minute got married. Yes. <laughs> and then got separated before closing. Before closing, that quick. <laughs> wow. But she Three lived weeks. in the house as her primary residence. And in the state of Tennessee, it's considered marital property. And even though she didn't have an interest in the property, she has a marital interest. Oh, wow. That's... Which by That's statute ugly. is capped at $5,000, but really it would be up to a judge to decide that, but she would have to come sign. So that's always a question we get, you know, well, my spouse is not on the loan. Do they have to come to closing? Yes. yes um, because they've lived in the house. It's considered your primary residence. Now, if it was an investment property, a rental property, and the spouse wasn't on it, it's no big deal. Uh, you don't have to do that. But if it's the primary residence, it's considered a marital asset to do that. So, so if you want to mess up your sale closing, change your marital status too. 
it's amazing how the, both of those go hand in hand, either either ahead of time or after time. So great point to do that. Well, all this leads us to we prepared you for what to do before closing. We prepared you for what to do, what not to do uh, right before closing. We never talk about what happens after closing. We just put people in houses, and I guess we see ya, see ya, bye, never hear from us again. So uh, that's really not the case. So uh, I've, we've compiled a little bit of a list here of things that you could do um, once you buy the house. I mean, because you do own it at that point in time, and so people are kind of looking around. What do what what do we do? So guys, what are some tips that people can do? Uh, what happens after the closing? Or recommendations at that point in time? Well. Well, well, the one thing about this list, a couple of these things I do tell people prior, like turn on the utilities in your name. People forget that all the they, time. Oh, people forget it all the time. And I'm not going to lie, I forget to tell people. <laughs> but when you buy the house, you need to go ahead and get the power and water. And ahead of time, right? So, he, time. so here's the interesting thing. People seem to think for some reason that they're, it's like they're not legally allowed to call NES yeah, before no. they close. No, no, no. You can call NES a month before you close. Mm-hmm. And you can say, I'm planning on closing Friday. And you can call them up Thursday afternoon and say, my closing got postponed to Monday. Change that date. Mm-hmm. And they will change it. They, yeah. It's not even a big deal. It's not a big they deal don't at care. all. Now, a lot of times they'll need the seller to call and say, hey, we are moving. Go ahead and have this cut off on this day before, depending on the utility company, mm-hmm. company before they'll allow the buyer to, to put it in their name on that day. Mm-hmm. They so, need like verification from the seller that they are, in fact, closing it. But mm-hmm. yeah, And sometimes we have to give people copies of deeds at closing to show that through the utility that they actually did buy the yes. house. But a funny story, uh, I had a client that was buying a house uh, in the uh, in Gallatin. It was a water department. And I guess him and the seller had gotten sideways. And the seller said, OK, I'm trench called the utility that to cut it off Friday. We'll use Friday as a date. Well, the guy didn't call and get it. The buyer didn't call and get it transferred over into to their name. And I guess the city of Gallatin doesn't. They don't have an automatic shutoff. They pull the meters. <laughs> and so Friday got here, and the water meter had been pulled. And so there was no water in the house. People couldn't do their inspections. And the seller said, "Well, it's the day of closing. It's cut off." And the buyer said that uh, you know I didn't get a chance to do my inspection. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, so that come back to burn that seller a little bit, I think. The seller had to. The seller was mad because the buyer went in and started changing the locks on the property. It was a rental property and made the buyer mad, and so they had to get it turned back on. So, uh, so you, if you're buying a house, uh, go ahead and set up two days in advance. David had a great point there. Andrew did too. Call, call in advance. It's okay to call and get those set up because the day of closing is going to be crazy. So that's yeah. one less thing you got to worry about doing, and you run the risk of forgetting. And if you're in Gallatin, they're going to pull your water meter. So, the, so funny. The, one of the funny things for us is, especially in the summertime, we give people three or four days from the time they close. We don't call right away. We wait for a couple of days before we call and turn stuff off. And about a week after closing, about one out of five houses, I will get a phone call. David, my water heater stopped working. My water heater stopped working. Oh, okay. Just to help me out, what makes you think that your water meter somewhere? Well, I had hot water yesterday. I don't have it today. Okay, that's obvious. Okay. Did you call Piedmont Gas to put it in your name? Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it got cut off, dude. Because they, they don't hot have water heat heaters on. work better when the gas is going to it. Yes. That's what you're saying. Yes. It, because, they, because they don't need the heat, they're not cold. So they don't think about the fact that their water heater is it's set up. Tied to gas. Tied to yeah. gas. And it's, it's, that is really it happens funny. about one out of five, about 20% of the time I get a phone call. Oh, yeah. I mean, hot water. Yeah, I'm sure you don't, you know. But 
but Lori in our office actually calls everybody as best she can, or she sends an email or whatever. But it's reminds it's all, everybody. Yeah, please. every house I've only I've owned like four or five houses in my life, and every house I've owned I've got a free water hose. So I guess the people have always left the water hose. Oh, yeah. So that's always the running joke in our house is if we ever moved, we get a, a, a new water hose. That's the only <laughs> way we'll get a new water hose is to move. If you move, can't go to Home that's Depot funny. or somebody and get one. Okay, we got keys to the house. So David, this kind of doesn't really apply to you because you're giving people brand new keys to this brand new house. Yes. Yeah. I you know I I saw that on the list. I mean. Doesn't every seller have the keys at closing or no? Well, yeah, but this kind of falls in line with maybe changing the keys yeah, or changing the, the locks, locks and stuff like that. And now like they that. have those great little nifty locks where you just put the little pin in and yeah, they're nice. it changes the tumblers or whatever yeah. and you have a new key. Yeah, you well, don't have to do that on new construction, but yeah, you're right. They're nice. Yeah. Well, guys, we're running out of time here today, but we got to—you'll be looking for your recorded deed to come in, looking for your mortgage statement to come in. Guess what? You do have to pay for that place, so uh, be on the lookout for those property taxes. You get your property tax bill in, somebody got to pay those too, right? Yeah. So uh, be looking for that bill to come in. Your lender, if you're at an escrow account, will pay for that. Uh, we don't do homestead here. Some states have that. I was going to ask what that was. I'll tell you off air. Maybe we'll have a show about that. Who knows? Post uh, changing your post office mail and addresses and driver's license and stuff. Well, guys, thank you so much for coming in today, listening to the Money Man Mike Show. My name's Chris Corvo with Midtown Title, filling in for the Money Man Mike with Waterstone Mortgage. You're listening to WLAC 1510, and we're out. Have a great week. Peace out.